Welcome. What's wrong with me? Oh, gnarly! Oh my god, I shot my eye out! These go to 11. Reading Starfighter. Hasta la vista, baby. Hello, everybody, and welcome to 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and this week we're talking about Cruel Intentions and Do Revenge, which shows the upside of having been poor and unattractive in high school, because wealthy high school girls are terrifying. (laughs) Yes. It's about the worst people in the world. Oh, my God. The high school revenge show. Who we have to put a call out to Nikki from New Zealand for suggesting this one, right? And and I especially appreciate the Do Revenge uh, connection, considering that there was a direct remake. And normally, I'm the one that's going to jump in and say, uh, "Yeah, we should just do the direct remake." But the direct remake was a series that didn't get picked up. That Sarah Michelle Gellar just this week has gone uh, on record as saying she's glad that it didn't go anywhere because it wasn't very good. Well, that's, you know, if you can say that out loud, that's suppose that's a good thing. You know, I mean, you haven't had a are, stroke. Yeah. The actors that are in it say, don't watch this. It's probably a good reason. So. But yes, thank you, Nikki, for the suggestion. If you would like to give us a suggestion for a show, you have multiple ways to get in touch with us. You can give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. I always think we should have a jingle for that one. 708-669-9727. Get a Bronski beat, sing it. Uh, <laughs> you can also... <laughs> this is why we don't do jingles. <laughs> you can also join us on Discord by clicking the Join Us link in the show notes, where we have had multiple conversations. Uh, most recently, Josh talking about the new... Um, Monkey Island game that just came out. Yeah, direct sequel to uh, Monkey Island 2, which checks revenge. Ignoring everything that came in between and building off of that uh, pretty famous ending, actually. Yeah, that was, I am think I'm going to get that. I, I'm going to get it for the uh, PlayStation. Nice. It's available for it because it's like a all-family thing. It's I've like never the, played Monkey Island. You would, you would like them. They're, yeah, I'm pretty sure I would. Yeah, yeah you yeah. were into the classic 90s uh, point-and-click adventure games. Yeah, Sierra games and all that. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, them. Monkey yeah. Island was the big one from LucasArts besides yeah. Like, yeah, Sam I just, and I Max. Just, for some reason, I just I, I think I bought it but never installed it. And yeah, so, yeah should... you would definitely dig it. We, we, like, everybody sits in the living room, and as we go through the puzzles, we're trying to figure stuff out. It's like just everybody's calling out stuff that they see on the screen. Click on click on the mo- banana. The banana. You know, it's so. And Have we you did ever that played? One. Steve Bronski Island? <laughs> no? no. That one was a reach. That, yeah. Steve Bronski Island. It's about that time. <laughs> it's definitely about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. And sport. <laughs> so this week we're going with March 5th, 1999, the release of Cruel Intentions. All right, so the number one song in the land was Believe by Cher. Thanks a lot for introducing Autotune to the world. Yeah, I know we've we've kind of already talked this song. Like, maybe we've done March 5th, 1999 before, because I remember having an argument about this song. Well, it was popular for a long time, so it could have been like March, April, May, June. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's what it was. But I do remember talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I would have recognized the rest of the stuff, so I think it was just in that same umbrella there was 
a time when I worked at Trader Joe's where there was a guy who, believe it or not, was like, I mean, you think alcoholic lightweight, he was like that cubed. He had no tolerance for alcohol whatsoever. So I cut up a bunch of the, remember they had the liquor cakes at Christmas time? Mm -hmm. Like the rum cake and all that. Cut up up a bunch of those. Everybody was over 21. So I'm like, cut up a bunch of those. We'll sample those. He had like three, four pieces of each one of them. Next thing I know, I come down the aisle. He's shirtless in an aisle singing Believe to a can of corn. What? Yes. It's corn. (laughs) He was just like, I mean, I was just. I had I had no words to it. I was just like, all right. Believe, that's, I when went to- that's when you're like, those weren't even the alcoholic ones. <laughs> I like the, I like the cake. I had to get somebody to drive him home. It was just <laughs> insanely good cake. Yeah, maybe that was it. All right, moving on. On March third, fortunate a single by soul singer Maxwell was released. It went on to win the Billboard Music Artist. I'm sorry, Billboard Music Award Best R&B Single of the Year for 1999. Hooray, you got oh, it right. So hard to say that all of a sudden. I think because I, I was went, looking ahead. I went and listened to it, and it's not good. So, no. there's that. You don't like that? I, I don't yeah. really remember it. And like late 90s R&B, we, we've had this talk while I'm uh, more into early 90s R&B. Like this, this was something that should have been on my radar, and I don't know this song. I vaguely remember Maxwell as an artist, but I do not remember that song. Because I was at the record store at that point, so mm-hmm. I'm fairly later, certain Jason played it. He later got into the, the coffee business, and his mansion is called the, the Maxwell House. I knew where you were going. I just <sighs> I, I couldn't reach your testicles from here, so I just had to let it happen. Testicle. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Hey, Good. Hey Thank you for clarifying. All right, Hank. Thanks. <laughs> hey, now. All right. And finally. <sighs> Jesus Christ, Patrick. Mary Isabel Catherine Bernadette O'Brien OBE was known professionally as Dusty Springfield, an English singer whose career spanned over five decades. With her distinctive mezzo-soprano sound, she was a significant singer of blue-eyed soul, pop, and dramatic ballads. During her 1960s peak, she ranked among the most successful British female performers on both sides of the Atlantic. Her image, marked by a peroxide blonde bouffant beehive hairstyle, heavy black eyeliner and eyeshadow, and evening gowns, made her an icon of the swinging 60s. Springfield's solo career began in late 1963 with the upbeat pop record I Only Want to Be With You, a UK number four hit and the first of six transatlantic top 40 hits in the 1960s, along with Stay A While, All I See Is You, I'll Try Anything, You Don't Have to Say You Love Me, and the acronym of the week, S-O-A-P-M. Pretty sure that stands for Supper Only After Patrick Masturbates. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a bald-faced lie right there. (laughs) Supper anytime. (laughs) (laughs) There are no time restrictions on either of those things. (laughs) I was figuring since she was English that it was suck off a prime minister, but... (laughs) That's not bad. I like that one. (laughs) No, that is the... That is the famous son of a preacher, man. You were close, Josh. Honestly. So in uh, March of 2020, the U.S. Library of Congress added son of a preacher, man, to the National Recording Registry, which preserves audio recordings considered to be culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. From 1971 to 1986, Springfield failed to register a hit from five albums, but her 1987 collaboration with the Pet Shop Boys, What Have I Done to Deserve This?, reached number two on both the UK singles chart and Billboard's Hot 100. She was also a fixture on British television, appearing on Ready, Steady, Go, and hosting her own series. 
International polls have lauded Springfield as one of the finest female popular singers of all time. In January 1994, while recording her penultimate album, A Very Fine Love in Nashville, Springfield began feeling ill. Uh Uh-oh. When she returned to England, she was first diagnosed with breast cancer, and by mid-1996, the cancer had returned, and she died in Henley-on-Thames, Oxfordshire, on March 2nd at age 59. Springfield's funeral service was attended by hundreds of fans and people from the music business, including Elvis Costello, Lulu, and the Pet Shop Boys. Absorbed. See, I'm a Pet Shop Boys fan. I did not know that that was her singing. Shut Neither. up. Are you serious? Oh, yeah, serious. I learned something today. Wow. Because of Patrick. And it wasn't something to avoid. <laughs> that is pretty- one of my favorite little trivia things whenever that song comes on the radio, which is not often. You know, yeah, like to stump whoever I'm with. Who's that singing with him? Nobody ever gets it. I'm pretty proud I made it through that whole thing with like only like one little minor thing. Oh, that was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, considering it started with Mary Isabel Catherine Bernadette O'Brien OBE, (laughs) you got through that and I was proud. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I thinking just about Dusty Springfield, like I would probably put her in my top five, maybe even top three female vocalists of all time. I'd I'd say top five for sure. Yeah. Like it's uh, like the top spots are going to have to go to Aretha and probably Grace Slick. Mm. Aretha for sure. Agreed. Uh, but once you get past Aretha, Aretha and Grace Slick, then I, I think the next three spots are a little bit uh, more nebulous and definitely uh, Dusty's in there somewhere. Well, I remember Jen, when I was working at Val's, was a huge Dusty Springfield fan. So I was not, other than the popular song of, basically just son of a preacher man was not real familiar with her, but Jen played like her entire catalog over and over. So I got very familiar and I'm a fan now plastic. And I turn a lot. All right. I'll move on to movies. Thank God. The number one movie in the land was analyze this starring Robert De Niro and Billy Crystal. I like that pretty, movie. Pretty funny movie. Yeah. And I, have, uh, I haven't seen it. You didn't oh, wait, analyze this. No, I'm thinking of something else. Analyze What's the one where that? they're milking the cats? Meet the parents. Meet the parents. I no, seen now that. that one I did not care for. Yeah, I, I didn't like either of them. Like, I, so far, De Niro in comedies has been uh, a big miss for me. But we know I'm picky with comedies. Yes. True story. All right. Now, now here's, here's my Rubicon to cross. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley Kubrick was an American film director, producer, screenwriter, and photographer. Widely considered one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. His films are noted for their realism, dark humor, extensive set designs, and innovative cinematography. After working as a photographer for Look Magazine in the late 40s and 50s, he made his first major film, The Killing, in 1956. This was followed by two collaborations with Kirk Douglas, the war picture Paths of Glory, and Spartacus. A demanding perfectionist, Kubrick assumed control over most aspects of the filmmaking process, from direction and writing to editing, and took painstaking care with researching his films and staging scenes, working in close coordination with his actors, crew, and other collaborators. He often asked for several dozen retakes of the same shot in a movie, which resulted in many conflicts with his casts. His body of work includes what many consider to be cinematic masterpieces, such as Dr. Strangelove, 2001, A Space Oddity, A Clockwork Orange, Barry Lyndon, The Shining, Full Metal Jacket, and Eyes Wide Shut. On March 7th, six days after screening a final cut of Eyes Wide Shut for his family and stars of the movie, Kubrick died in his sleep at the age of 70 from a heart attack. That man. 
it is amazing. Um, and if you ever notice in, in all of his films, his bathrooms are immaculate. <laughs> That's one of his trademarks. Okay. And, like and he to, really likes round things. That's another trademark. like to thank whoever that was in the show notes, popping their name up over the text while I was going through that. That was, You're welcome. That was really cool. Well, I, noticed, I noticed there was a spare word. So. Yeah. <laughs> he likes to edit things. Sentence, so don't give me that. It wasn't that good. <laughs> I just, I'll just to, to the listeners every now and then you'll hear us like stop and stutter. That's because Patrick is editing on the fly for things <laughs> that we've already said. I don't like the show notes to be wrong. Hey, I Pat, just, Clockwork Orange, CL are both capitalized. I knew I saw that. that and I left it alone. So thanks. I just left it because I don't have to change everything, but apparently yeah. I do. Did you know Barry of Linden? Glory, Anonymous Skunk, and Spartacus? <laughs> Barry Lyndon was all shot with natural light. There was no lighting. Like they, if there were candles that were lighting the scene, they used candles to light the scene, and that was it. Well, that's really, cool. huh? That's, that's good. The whole trivia. thing is natural light. I'm, I'm a Kubrick fan. Anyway, Are moving we? on. Oh right. yeah. So, TV top shows in the land were Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I do. ER, Friends, and Frasier. There you go. Uh, the shows that premiered this week were Station Zero, Strange World, Family Rules, and Sons of Thunder. <laughs> wow. None of what those Sons of Thunder. I don't know what any of those are. I don't know, right? I I don't know sons literally any of those things. Thunder it just sounds like a bad. Is show. it maybe it's like the first try of Sons of Sons of Anarchy? Sons of Oh no, that's not it. That one's it's about Thor's kids. Nineteen ninety nine, right? <laughs> yeah. Here, oh, here it is. Detective Carlos Sandoval resigns from the Dallas police after his partner is murdered. He then hooks up with his childhood chum, Trent Malloy, an ex-military martial arts instructor. <laughs> Together, they decide to form a private investigation business. Trent's brother, Tommy, an ex-cop turned bartender, Butch McMahon, helped them out from time to time. Starring James Willick, Marco Sanchez, and it looks and, like a Chuck Norris. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yeah, Chuck Norris pops in there. At least Leslie Bibb was on that at one point. Leslie Bibb. Yeah. Wow. Weird. Wow. And five those names sound those names sound like they were written by the same guy who did the uh, script for Cruel Intentions. Trent Malloy, Butch McMahon, and Butch, Carlos Sandoval. Butch McMansley. <laughs> uh, also premiering March first, Nickelodeon Games and Sports for Kids, stylized as Nick Gas, which oh. I'm sure played nothing to the fact that we haven't heard of this before, uh, was an American cable television network that was part of MTV's network suite of digital cable channels, along with The Ocho. <laughs> with its focus on classic Nickelodeon game shows, Nick Gas was essentially the children's version of the game show network. I mean, but, you know, the elevator pitch sounds like a good idea. Yeah, it sounds cool. Featuring I'm- your host, Butch McMahon. <laughs> As... Gasman Extreme. I mean, beyond Double Dare and Legends of the Hidden Temple, what else do you really have in terms of classic Nickelodeon game shows? Was Starcade on Nickelodeon? Oh, that's a good question. I, mean, I remember watching Starcade all the time. Technically, isn't Double Dare good enough to have its own channel by itself? You probably, yeah, probably, yeah. Starcade's kind of like the precursor to YouTube channels now, like people playing games, just watching them play games. Twitch. You know, every. Every now and then, I look like look at these Twitch streams, and I think of myself of that Far Side cartoon where the where the kids looking at the uh, they're looking at the want ads, and it's like, "Can you save the princess?" 
you know, hopeful parents, it was called. And the two kids are watching, the two parents are watching the kid play yeah. Nintendo. And we're in that, we're, we're, we're getting into that golden age where people are making money and making a living. Getting? Video games. Oh my you God. Know what I'm saying? Like, to where it's, I mean, it's still niche. It's not like, you know, coverage on NBC or anything. So. Are you kidding? There's, I, I went to the grocery store. I know it's store. got coverage, man. I know it's No, I'm saying I went to the grocery store and there's soda from Ninja on there. Yep. Well, he was uh, he was on yeah uh, Ninja Pie. was on um yeah Mass Singer uh, the Mass Singer and all that yeah yeah, yeah yeah I know who he is while uh the actual like pro gamer uh that whole world like streaming and professionally playing is still smaller I think a lot of people don't realize that video games as a form of entertainment currently are grossing more than professional sports and movies combined. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's insanity how much money there is in video gaming. I mean, and I was kind of like when when my girls start f- started watching like the playthroughs or the let's play or whatever it is, I was like, yeah, you're watching somebody play the game. You can why don't you just play the game? And then yep. after like a little while, I was like, well, you know, I'll watch a baseball game, but I'm not getting out there on the field, so I guess yep. it's the same thing. Yeah, it's just a different form of watching someone play a sport. Yeah, yeah. I kept thinking, I kept asking my kids. I'm like, don't you? Wouldn't you rather let's get the game and play it? And they're like, no, I just rather watch it. I'm like, I mean, there's something to be said about watching people that are good at playing a game that you enjoy playing. Well, and some people, it's about the commentary. You know, if it's somebody that you find funny, you like their style of humor, whatever. Yeah, it's like I guess I can get that because like the commentary matters when I'm watching a poker tournament. Some commentators are annoying me more than others. So yeah, I can yeah. All right, moving on to sports. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert for you for anybody that I normally wa- write all the twee stuff. Mike so stood in and guest wrote this, so I have okay. No idea you asked for help. I know. I said you stepped in and he guest wrote it. I'm not, right. I didn't deny that I asked you to do it or anything. I didn't say you were surprising me. I'm just saying it happened. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm walking into here. So <laughs> all right. So here we go. Haley Gerberschlaber. <laughs> What is that name? Gebrisolasi? Haley Gebrisolasi. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, was born April 18th, 1973 in Acela. She is a professional athlete who competes internationally for Ethiopia. He is a professional athlete. (laughs) His last victories are the men's one hour in the Fanny Blankers Cone Games 2009 and the 5,000-meter men's in the Norwich Union British Grand Prix 2004. He competes in 10,000-meter, 1,500-meter, 2-miles, 3,000-meter, 4-miles, 5,000-meter, cross, half-marathon, mile, one-hour, cross-team event, and half-marathon team event. That's fascinating. On this day in 1999, he won first place in the World Indoor Championship in Japan with a 7-hour, 53-minute, 53.57-minute time. Oh, seven minutes. Whatever. I'm almost but done th- there's a big meter. difference between seven, seven hours five, and seven, seven minutes to run 3,000 meters. There's a seven and a five and a three and a five and a seven in the men's 3,000 meter race. And whichever one is more impressive, that's the amount of time he ran it in minutes or hours or seconds. Or well, if it took him days. seven hours to run a 3,000 mile race, then, you know, that's no, a meter. I don't know how far 3,000 meters is. I know, but I'm, I'm just a, saying. I'm an American. Like I don't have to know the metric system. I, I do know how that far that is, but it, anyway. <laughs> I could have sworn that was Haley, so now it's probably not Haley. What's the first? How do you pronounce that first name? It's a, if it's I think Haley. it is Haley. Haley. Haley, maybe. Haley, maybe. Hail. Yeah. <laughs> no. Haley. <laughs> We're this moving one's on. Easy. This one's easier. Anna Millward Wilson. Wait, wait a minute. What? What does 
Hallie Gerberschlauber have to do with March 5th? On this day in 1999, won first place in the World Indoor Championship in Japan with 7 minutes, 53 seconds, 57 oh, wow. tenths. Okay. A 3,000-meter race. I'm so used to being like related to birth or death. I'm not used to like celebrating something <laughs> somebody did in their life. Yeah, I know. You you were celebrating personal yeah. achievements. You wrote, you, you wrote something about someone's life that wasn't about their death? What's going on here? Yeah. Once yeah. you have an achievement, you'll know what that feels like. Oh. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Anna Millward Wilson, born the 26th of November, 1971, is a former professional road racing cyclist who competed internationally for Australia. Anna Millward Wilson was a professional from 1998 to 2002. Her last victories are the Hamilton 2001 and the Canberra 2001. On March 7th, she came in first place in the women's road race Canberra, representing Nuremberger Verkerschlager. <laughs> <laughs> Nuremberger Verkerschlager. I definitely would not put that. Verkerschlager. Yeah, that would have deleted if I had written this. Just FYI. <laughs> and I looked it up, and that's an insurance company in Germany. Nuremberger oh. Verschirung. <laughs> no, Verschirung. Verschirung. There we go. Verschirung. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Okay, well, good thing we cleared that up. Nuremberger. In the, <laughs> the, out. In the meantime, Nure. Josh is completely Nure. checked out. <laughs> Josh is making himself a sandwich right now. <laughs> Lastly, to get us the hell out of here, at the time of his retirement after the 1951 season, Joe DiMaggio ranked fifth in career home runs and sixth in career slugging percentage. He was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1955 and was voted the sport's greatest living player in a poll taken during baseball's centennial year of 1969. DiMaggio was widely known for his marriage and lifelong devotion to Marilyn Monroe. He was a heavy smoker for much of his adult life. He was admitted to Memorial Regional Hospital in Hollywood, Florida on October 12th for lung cancer surgery and remained there for 99 days. He returned to his homeland in Hollywood, Florida on January 19th, 1999, where he died on March 8th at the age of 84. Absorbed. Nice try, by the way. Put some death, death in yeah. there for you. I appreciate it. <clears throat> Joe DiMaggio. Oh, we know yeah, where he so like, If you don't know who Joe DiMaggio is, you're not paying attention. He's literally one of the greatest baseball players of all time. He's widely considered one of the top five, if not top three in the, the to ever play the game he holds several records he won nine championships 12 mvps blah 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 amazing amazing baseball player and, and he, with all those know. records he has he missed i think two and a half years because he went to go uh, serve in europe in world war ii and he got to be with Marilyn monroe yeah i mean that you know that's kind and of the equivalent, the equivalent of like you know uh alex rodriguez dating halle berry nowadays you know back when that happened back 10 years ago or so so, yeah, that's, that's the tweet. Play us off. Keyboard, Joel. The year is 1999, and director Roger Cumble says, Hey, you know what kids need today is a storytelling of dangerous liaisons that they can identify with. <laughs> and he got a bunch of late 20-somethings and 30-somethings, got them together to pretend, pretend to be high schoolers and created cruel intentions. Yeah, there's nothing like a bunch of high schoolers that are old enough to rent a car. Yep. So Roger Cumble, who uh, directed such stuff as Cruel Intentions, Cruel Intentions 2, Straight to Video, The Sweetest Thing, 
college road trip. Sounds like a uh, National Lampoon movie. No. Oh. Oh God. Martin Lawrence and Raven Simone. Oh. That sounds awful. Uh, this is based off a book by Chaudelos de Lachos. I think I got that right. It's a French novelist, Freemason, and army general best known for writing Les Liaisons, Liaisons Dangerous. Dangerous Liaisons. So if you guys want to see that, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Uma Thurman, 1991, I think, around there. Go check it out. Rotten Tomatoes, it's currently sitting at a 54 for um, critics and 80% for audience and a 6.8 out of 10 on Amazon. Or I am sorry, IMDb. IMDb. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is about Catherine Myrtle and Sebastian Velmont, our seductive, manipulative step siblings who get what they want and when they want it. <laughs> Catherine makes a bet with Sebastian. Sebastian must bed Annette, daughter of the headmaster at their school before the end of summer break. Annette has stated that she would wait until love and marriage to sleep with a man. If Catherine wins, she gets Sebastian's vintage 1959 Jaguar Roadster. If Sebastian, if Sebastian wins, he gets Catherine, the only girl he knows he'll never have. Also in play is Cecile, a naive girl whose mother has enlisted Catherine to help her fit in at her new school. However, Catherine, with Sebastian's help, plans to ruin Cecile's reputation as revenge on Kat's ex-boyfriend who left her for Cecile. Dun, dun, dun. If that sounds ridiculous to you, you're totally on par with this movie. Stars A1, Michelle, Sarah Michelle Geller as Catherine Murtoul. Buffy. Buffy. Ryan Philippe as Sebastian Valmont. What else has he done? Uh, Way of the Gun. Oh, uh, uh, Gosford Park. Uh, Mr. Reese Witherspoon. Mr. Yeah, Reese. I, I know what you did last summer. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. What did you uh, do last summer? No, I know what you did. I don't know what I did. Oh, what I did. Oh. Right. I he was watching you the whole time. <laughs> I was watching Cruel Intentions 2, direct a video. <laughs> oh, so, why would you do that to yourself? Watching Reese like, Why would they put that in the title? Right? No, That's what I thought was weird. <laughs> like, like, they gotta set their goals real low if you put that in the title. Like, we want to release this in the theaters. Well, it's, you, sorry. It's called director video. You can't do it now. Yeah. <laughs> also oh, having... Well, I can answer that. I was looking to make sure it wasn't in the trivia. They were trying to make a TV series and just stopped and cut three of the episodes they finished together into a sequel and <laughs> put it out on video. Because it was done already. They were just like, well, fuck it. We shot this. We may as well try and make some money off of it. Wow, <laughs> I bet that's a great movie. Well, they made there was a this was a tr- there was a trilogy. There was three total, just <laughs> like the skulls. They made three of those too. Why oh, what god, that movie? Oh. oh my god, that movie! Why wow. yikes! So anyway, Aunt, uh, Reese Witherspoon is Annette Hargrove. You may know her as Legally Blonde plays Ellie Woods, and also June Carter in Walk the Line. Mm-hmm. Selma Blair as Cecile Cadwell. Hmm. Yeah. Was amazing in this, so, but she also played Liz Sherman in Hellboy. Yes, and if you, it's so sad lately, she's got mul- multiple sclerosis now, and it, I feel bad for her. Oh, that that is sad. Yeah. And also, Louise Fletcher <gasps> uh, as Legend. Helen Rosemond. Yep, from uh, Nurse Nurse Ratchet, which is kind of funny because she played like the sweetest little grandma in this thing, didn't she? <laughs> A she's, one. Sorry, but. Right. Uh, Joshua Jackson. Say. Oh my God! Shoot me in the <laughs> face. <laughs> Joshua Jackson. Yes. Go ahead. Joshua Jackson playing Blaine Tuttle, uh, which took me aback a moment because I know him as playing uh, Peter Bishop from Fringe. 
Yeah. Also Pacey Witter in Dawson's Creek. Along with that, Eric Mabus as Greg McConnell, Sean Patrick Thomas as Ronald Clifford, and the best name ever, Susie Kurtz as Dr. Greenbaum, and Christine Baranowski, who I always love in everything. I think she's hilarious, as Bunny Cadwell as the mom. Then Tara Reed as Marcy Greenbaum. I missed Tara Reed. I did not see her at all. Like she just must have no? like right past me. I've seen this movie at least one I've seen it one other time. I don't remember her then either. She was the she was the girl at the very beginning, the therapist's daughter that was complaining that Ryan Phillippe took a uh, picture of her. Yeah, I was online. That was her only scene. I I made sure that Tara Reed was in here just for you, Joel, because Sharknado. Sharknado, yeah. But I recognize her in that because you know Franken boobs. But here, this was pre pre Franken boobs. So, all right. So trivia, good. <laughs> this movie was originally called Cruel Inventions. But test audiences thought it made it sound like a science fiction film, so they changed the name. <laughs> it's like a Final Destination spinoff. Cool yeah. inventions. Okay. Normally, I would say that's a dumb reason to change the title, but actually, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, and Cruel Intentions is a better title anyway than yeah. for this movie. Yeah, yeah, shit movie might as well have a good title. Uh, Ryan Philippe recalled that after filming a fight scene with Reese Witherspoon, where the two of them viciously insult each other, he felt so emotionally drained that he went outside and threw up. Yeah, that that makes sense. That yeah, tracks. Uh, the sex scene was eventually scored to colorblind by Counting Crows. Roger Cumble wanted Smashing Pumpkins song to Sheila for it, but Billy Corgan was like, "No, <laughs> I do not want to be associated with yeah. Ryan Philippe." Yeah, please, please don't, please don't put anything involving my band into this movie thank you i will you. sue you if you even say that you i was considered i will sue you faster than my hair is falling out <laughs> so first viewing for anybody yes yes no really yes interesting yep i saw it uh shortly after it hit video back in well i guess it would have been right around 99 or 2000 <laughs> that sounds about right this was this is the first time i've ever seen this Never really had much uh, desire. Yeah. Yeah. I knew of it. Right. I knew exactly. Knew it was a thing. So, but like, seriously, right out of the gates, you're like, hey, it's the 90s. This movie was so 90s. Oh, my God. It was (laughs) aggressively 90s. That is true. It's aggressively 90s. I actually, I fear I may be alone on this one because I think my take on it the first time I saw it is the same as yours, Mike, that it wasn't very good. As years have passed, I give kind of warm to this. Huh. Uh, well, especially uh, knowing in the interim that it was based on Dangerous Liaisons, which I did not know when I saw it the first time. Mm. Well, I hate to uh, to prove you wrong, Josh, but uh, yeah, when I you first saw it, I was like, huh, okay. But upon this viewing with uh, Laura, who likes this movie, um, I saw some merit in it and I actually ended up enjoying it. Interesting. So you and I had the same experience. Didn't like it the first time, but it grew on us. And the, yep. uh, I don't know where Patrick's at, but he doesn't like anything. I, I, I f- feel like part of it was the nostalgia factor, I, at least in some in some portion of the back of my brain between the music, the sets, the cinematography, the, the actors. It was like taking a little time capsule trip. Yeah. I don't want to assume that both of the people who just saw it for the first time didn't like it. Patrick, where are you at? Oh, I didn't like it. Okay. <laughs> I was right. I was right. And I'm sorry. I, I'm looking at the fact that they're in 2022. There have been two remakes of Dangerous Liaisons. 
one set in a period piece and another movie set in current times. Hmm. Well, what did you think, Mike, being your first time? Oh, my God. Let's see. what uh, The dialogue is awful. Uh, I think that was the same house from The Big Lebowski. The dialogue, it, it's clunky and feels like it's trying to show off. Uh, Ryan Phillippe is a horrible lead. <laughs> I felt like I was just watching him act the entire time. And yes, it makes complete sense that he went outside and threw up after having that fight with her because you could just see in his face that, that he was trying so hard to convey these emotions that it probably did give him like high blood pressure and dizzy spells. He probably ended up hyperventilating and puking because he was working so hard to act at that point. And he's not a good actor. There's a reason why people don't cast him as the lead in movies. They're and when you hang the whole movie on him, bad things happen. There are definitely some things with the movie that didn't age well, such as some of the themes, the very rapey nature of things, and uh, Josh very, Jackson's um, portrayal of a gay man. Well, there are like 12 things wrong with this movie before you even get to like the offensive language. And and like some of the you know yeah so like there, there's a, yeah there's a plethora of things wrong with this movie. Well, yeah, I mean the narrative in particular and the world kind of lets a teacher who's grooming a student off kind of light. Mm-hmm. That's uh that was one thing I was like I had forgotten that and wow. <laughs> and and also that you're you're putting teenagers in very adult situations in a in a world that how what's the percentage of people that actually would even understand it or be a part of it where you're 16, 17, 18 years old, whatever. And you're able to basically do whatever, go wherever in New York. I mean, there's no accountability at all. No, the parental units do not exist. And I mean, they're mentioned once they never even come to the funeral or anything. Like, I mean, I actually think that that part is fairly realistic. And part of it is, yeah, they're uh, taking the, narrative roles of these nobles in France. But like that is the kind of world they're saying is these are rich kids who have never been told no. Oh, I get that. But I mean, even rich, I mean, that's a, that's a movie trope. Even rich kids in their teens still have handlers. It may not be their parents, but they just don't get a credit card and go willy nilly crazy. with No, no accountability at all. I mean, Eventually, even the accountant of the of the parents are going to be call them up and be like, uh, "What is, what is going on with these credit cards?" Yeah, I don't know. I didn't go to a particularly big school, and I knew one or two kids like the kids in this movie. Maybe not to that extreme, but with very little in terms of guardrails on their behavior. And people are like, "Well, uh, high school kids don't act this way." It's like, "Well, most of us don't. Most of us were fucking boring." But like the kid I'm thinking of in particular had an orgy uh, on a Lutheran school property with several of the cheerleaders. I'm, yeah, I said, you <laughs> don't know where to take to that, that. Pat. No, I'm just saying you don't need money to do that. I've done that. I mean, broke as <laughs> shit. Yeah. You shouldn't be saying shit like that about doing things with cheerleaders on this show, man. I guess, like, <laughs> yeah, I did that last year at a, like, at a put, put high a, school. If you're gonna say that shit, put a time frame around it. I remember when I was a teenager and did that. <laughs> yep, gotta be careful. We all know Patrick's not having sex. Yeah, no, not, no, not with so humans. Okay. Hey, wait, I'm a human. What? <laughs> Barely. He's more human than a human. 
but so yeah, um, it's it's pretty it's pretty bad when like your twelfth or thirteenth problem is is the incest. Like when you gotta like go through the list. What incest? That far down. What incest? I mean, it, that was probably more shocking before every porn video was stepbrother. What are you doing? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I think more stepsister on this one. She was kind of like the instigator. She was the that. aggressor. Yeah, for sure. And and they weren't blood, so you know what? What? <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they were. Yeah, they were clearly stepbrother and stepsister. But you know, yeah, it, it still, that's yeah. I mean, Joel has step siblings. Yes. Uh yeah. Have you ever tried to bang him? I don't think Dan would really want that. So, well, no. there you go. I mean, it's not. Well, so are you saying if he was down? No, <laughs> no, but I'm just saying. Because is that your only barrier that he's not into it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the point is, is that you know, there's there, there is definitely a difference between a, a blood relation and a non-blood relation, even if there's a piece of paper well, that says your parents are married. Of course there is, because is that's why it's, that's why it's legal to say stepsister and stepbrother on porn, because there is a difference, of course. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not saying that means it any. Yeah, I, I say that doesn't mean it's not frowned upon or in any kind of way like um, icky. Plus, it well, it also kind of ramps up the fact that they're so rich that you know it's, it's all right, we can do it because you know, yeah, like they're royalty. And, Part of it is that this is a drama and it's an erotic drama. Like, I don't remember anyone clutching their pearls and saying how icky it was when it showed up in, in Clueless. Yeah, that's a good point. But I mean, the, 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 the thing was, is like they were trying so hard to make it so salacious. Okay, but the thing is, in Clueless, she wasn't like leaving him with blue balls. No, but the, the yeah. point is, is that they were stepbrother and stepsister. True. Okay, I'll and, give you that. And the context that. matters. Yeah. And there was an age gap. Yeah. True. Right? I mean, it's not like they were the same age. And, and the- I don't think you decide to make dangerous liaisons in high school and play it safe. Like, that's not a decision that makes any sense. Like, if you're going to do this at all, you do it this way, where you are going as far as you feel you can before you earn an X rating. Mm-hmm. And in that thing, uh, Patrick had mentioned before, some of the dog is very clunky, and some of the imagery, imagery. I mean, like, how do you how do you want to exemplify that this girl has an innocence about her? I know we'll put her in a t shirt with a panda on it. We'll make her wear white all the time. You know, it, it, it so much of it was like cookie cutter these people are evil they always wear black this person is semi-good because they wear white this person you know it well i mean you you gotta uh, you know i mean you gotta accept the whole premise that this is a movie made made for a younger crowd and they're not going to exactly follow the nuance of advanced storytelling so maybe just dumb it down a little bit i don't know uh, maybe Yeah, yeah i can see that and I think that's the thing is like when I watched this, I, I that was what you're saying is not an uncommon uh, first reaction to this film. And I remember not liking it, and not looking forward to looking at this again. But I, I don't know. I, I think that maybe I uh, set my own expectations so low that uh, a second look at it. Uh, yeah, maybe changed my I mean, opinion on it. It just, it just seemed to me like this was written by somebody who really doesn't know how an actual conversation goes. Lo- yeah, an, an actual conversation happens or an actual like Lothario talks to women. 
because like all these moves and everything that he was supposedly supposed to have, they're all just amazing. I'm like, this guy is it's like a it's like a fucking thirteen year old boy talking to women. Well, like, then this you're, like, you're you're so smart, you're so determined. I was like, is this works on people. Uh, oh, Clarissa, in the very beginning, you're so beautiful. I'd like to take you out to lunch. Okay. Yeah. No. He. No. He, I mean, he's. I, I will admit it was a little bit smooth the way he did that. He's like, he's like, I'm taking you out. He didn't even ask her. He's like, I'm taking you out to lunch, and you know that was. I was like, okay, that's a little bit. You know, that's a little bit baller. But I mean. They could have been maybe a little bit more clever with things, because if you think about, you know, Dangerous Liaisons is, is a kind of a, uh, you know, it's a famous piece of, of literature or I don't know, it's a play, whatever. I don't know what it was originally, but, you know, they didn't they they took it this direction and made it modern, whereas something like 10 Things I Hate About You was a, a clever way of retelling a classic piece of literature, you know, and this was a little bit, I don't know, maybe it's a little less clever, <laughs> a little bit less so. Yeah, maybe that's their issue. You guys' issue with it? Does, yeah, it's like, definitely. It, it's it's way too ham-fisted, not very subtle, no nuance, and yeah. you know, a bad lead. And I never once bought that he was. You know, like, I mean, he, he he was like an empty suit. I mean, yeah, he he was a. I I could buy that women wanted to sleep with him because he had money, not because he was like you know anything suave or smart. Right, he had money and he's physically attractive. Yeah, and that was the end of his charisma. And Joel brings up an interesting point. When we get into the second half, there are there's more than one 90s influence on what we're talking about in the second half. And of those 90s influences, this is probably one of the bottom of that list in terms of how good the movies are. Because in there, you've got 10 Things I Hate About You. You've got Mean Girls, etc. Yeah, there's like that. there's like that tide of dark teen comedy dramas mm-hmm. kind of and i know we did heathers and mean girls as an episode already mm-hmm. but like definitely there is a through line from all those 90s uh dark sexy uh 90s high school movies to do revenge mm-hmm. and just tossing <laughs> this out here i really think we need to do an actual dangerous liaisons movie or a show because joel the Current one, actually, looking at it, Swoozy Kurtz was actually in the original Dangerous Liaisons as Madame Volange. And then it also has, well, Glenn Close, Michelle Pfeiffer, Keanu Reeves, Uma Thurman, Peter Capaldi. Mm-hmm. So it's got a great cast. I remember seeing this when I worked, because like this came out when, 88? I remember it being at the at the uh, video store, and it was one of those where they the owners are like, oh, do we put this in the in the adult section or do we put this in the hard R section? And I was just like, <laughs> that's the way they put the pirate uh, movies. Yeah. Do you see John Malkovich's rear end in this? I don't know. You may want to. So, by the way, just going back real quick to yes. his his yes. Um, supposedly legendary hitting on women skills. When he first met Annette, and he was like, oh, whatever. I was, I was like, oh, oh, he's doing a classic, like, negging her kind of thing. Like, you know, just being kind of a dick and going to try it. And then he's going to like, and, I, and it just turned out, I was like, oh, no, that's just his style. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's not him trying to do anything. He's just a, a, doesn't know how to talk to women. Okay. Yeah. That's, I, I couldn't take my eyes off this movie and not for good reasons. <laughs> What's, I, and I, it, I don't even know if I would have like a, like you said, Josh, that there was some sort of like, oh, I remember seeing this so many years ago. But 
I don't know. I, I mean, this movie wasn't bad enough to hate, and it wasn't good enough to like. It's just, a, it's just, a, I, I watched it, and I'm like, yep, that's something I did. Like, it seemed like everybody was kind of phoning in their their performances. I don't know that I agree. Everyone did. I, I don't know. Yeah, that I mean, I the, 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 yeah, like like Sarah Michelle Gellar was good. Yeah, that and that she's going to be my main case. Like Ryan Phillippe, I'm not going to disagree with you. He's not a very good actor, but Sarah Michelle Gellar killed it in a very unique sort of villain role that you don't really see in a whole lot of other. Like she's very memorable in this role, right? And, and it's, it's out of and, character. And it's for interesting. Her. And it's interesting and 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 whatever you know to see a woman have a lead role where she's allowed to just be a conniving slutty bitch. And she's, she was good at it. I mean, she yeah, so she's the best part of the movie by far. Uh, nice. Sean Patrick Thomas was good, too, in his limited role. The cello oh, yeah. teacher. Yeah. Tutor. yeah. yeah I, I, okay, I'll say that whole scene of her throwing him out was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's as far as that honorable point. I had, I had, took me a second to see, actually recognize who Joshua Jackson was when he first showed up on screen with that, the blonde hair and just flaming all the way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was a, 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 a kind of, not, I wouldn't say offensive, but it was a troubling performance, it, but it's, I mean, I would be a lot more offended by it if I didn't like straight up know guys like that. So, I mean, I mean, he was kind of like doing like the, the straight guy's impression of what they thought, right. You know, a gay man sounded like at that time. Yeah. A very, very nineties, like well-meaning, but problematic viewpoint on that sort of character yeah he's he's yeah. trying to do the whole it's it's per- perfectly fine that i am this flamboyant but really in in all essence it's kind of like a a form of like you know throwing their sexuality back in their faces kind of thing which is it was like you said it's not ill-intended it's just badly done it's a sign of the times yeah it, it's another thing that just dates this as a very 90s movie I, like the scene where she's coming up the escalator and he's standing there all emo with his shirt untucked and putting the shit out of himself and like, i just it just very much annoyed me watching ryan Phillippe act this whole movie like, i just <laughs> i just felt like i was watching him act so much like look at me acting <laughs> acting brilliant <laughs> Right, it's like it's a good thing you are married to Reese Witherspoon because she's always going to keep you in finery because it ain't going to be your talent, buddy. Yeah, he's not nearly as charming as she is. No, no, or talented. Mm. Yes. So yeah, I think we're done on this side. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, think I'm so. done. That car yeah. was sweet. I will say that. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. That is a very nice vehicle. Beep, beep. I mean, again, then that's another one of those things. Like, who who let a high schooler have that car? Right. <laughs> No, there's no way you're going to be driving that car in high school and not be some kind of douche. Like you're just you're just too way too young to appreciate that. You mean a douche? <laughs> How much does a '59 Jaguar Roadster go for? Nothing, according to eBay. Because <laughs> there ain't none out there. I wonder if it's a made-up car. No, it's it's a real car. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, it's a 100. Could have been a He's, kit or something. Yeah, no, it's. He's just shopping for one on eBay. All right, is this still okay. on the show? Oh, actually, talking? a lot less than I thought. Seventy-nine thousand. Oh wow! Oh, That's yeah, not, yeah. yeah. not right, cheap. Well, not cheap. Two of those, then. A lot less than I expected it to be. Right? So. Yeah, truly, it is less. Than, yeah. All right. On that I, note, we will be back in a moment. Might go for more than that at all. Maybe. <laughs> All right, 
we are back. We're going to talk about... Hello. Do Revenge 2022. (laughs) This is... Uh-oh. That was a a Kevin from The Office moment. Sorry that it just... Sorry. Go ahead. Move along. Uh, Jennifer Caton Robinson directed this, uh, who also directed such items as Love Life and Someone Great. Neither of which I have seen, nope. but Same. Someone Great was another nope. net Netflix joint. Writing credits, uh, Celeste Ballard did those along with Jennifer Caton Robinson. Uh, Caton Robinson also was a writer on um, Love and Thunder, the Thor movie. Oh, oh okay. okay. Yeah. So, and something called Unpregnant. So, Celeste Ballard, the other stuff that she has going for her is Space Jam. A new legacy. Is that you taking a drink? (laughs) (laughs) That's me choking on an apple, bitch. (laughs) Along with a bunch of shows like Rosé All Day, Above Average Presents, Wrecked, Never Seen It, a bunch of stuff. They've done things. So Rotten Tomatoes currently has this as an 83 of critics and 85 of audience and 6.5 out of 10 on amazon summary of this imdb imdb yeah amazon whatever they own them <laughs> dre is at the peak of her high school powers when her entire life goes up in flames after her sex tape gets leaked to the whole school seemingly by her boyfriend and king of the school max eleanor is an awkward new transfer student who is angered to find out that she now has to go to school with her old bully carissa who started a nasty rumor about her in summer camp when they were 13. After clandestine running at the tennis camp, Dre and Eleanor form an unlikely and secret friendship to get revenge on each other's Tormentors. On the Dementors? Dementors, yes. It's actually a uh, Harry Potter flick. Yikes. It's the worst part of prison. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I almost said it myself. Josh. So, <laughs> this also this has Camilla Mendez as Dre who you may remember from our Riverdale, Riverdale show, where she you forgot about Andrea. Drea. Wait, what? Shut up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hip-hop reference. Got it. Got it. <laughs> it was also Veronica Lodge in Riverdale and uh, Tala in Palm Springs. If you haven't seen Palm Springs, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, That's we enjoyed it. Get us. Yeah. Maya Hawk as Eleanor. You don't know who she is. You have not mm-hmm. been watching television recently. Maya who? Maya Hawk. <laughs> Maya Hawk. You have been waiting all week to do that, haven't you? You, I know you have. I'm sure that there is a. Literally just yeah. came now. No, no, I don't believe that. I believe there's a post-it note on your computer reminding you to do that. Po- oh wait, my wife uses post-it notes, but anyway. Oh Jesus! I mean, who so, uses post? She was Robin in Stranger Things, and also Heather in Fear Street Part One. And she is quite possibly the perfect combination of her mom and dad. It's right? weird. Who's her mom and dad? Maya Maya Hawk's parents are Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. And you can see it now, can't you? Yeah, I completely can. And if you haven't listened to her music, she's also a hell of a talented songwriter and singer. Oh. Sidebar. Neat. All right. We also have Austin Abrams as the triangle-headed Max. Yes. All, Excuse me. Was, was also Tommy Milner in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark and Pete in Gangster Squad. Yeah. I mean, I would not want to go to this high school if this kid is the popular kid. Ugh. 
This is kind of upsetting. We also have Rish Shaw as Russ. Russ has been in such things as Ms. Marvel. Yep. The Long Goodbye. Stop agreeing with me. It's not like I'm <laughs> guessing. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading it off a friggin' list. <laughs> oh, he's good. I be, one he's right. trying to be your hype man, Mike. Let it be your hype man. <laughs> you forgot he's, about Drea. He's puff. He's puff daddy to your biggie. No, I'm Flavor Flav. <laughs> you are not Flavor Flav. You are definitely I'm not no Flavor Flav. You are no Flavor Flav. <laughs> I'm flavorless Flav. Now shut up. <laughs> Okay. Oh, vanilla uh, Flav. You are Flavor Ice. <laughs> Talia Ryder as Gabby in this, and she's been in West Side Story 2021. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't resist, sorry. Okay. Alicia <laughs> Bo is Tara, who was in 68 Kills, Ray Donovan, and 13 Reasons Why. Yep. Lastly, Ava Capri was Carissa. She explains was, it all. Yes, who was in Love, Victor, Embattled, Little Rituals, Right When You Get to Work. Yep. A bunch of other stuff I haven't seen. Yep. <laughs> little Rituals, that that uh, movie oh. about the people that try to resurrect Little little Richard <laughs> using a Ouija board. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> He's here! <laughs> All right, so during the welcoming day at school, one of the students is reading the novel Dangerous Liaisons. No, Sarah actually caught that while we were watching it. But there was another person reading um, uh, Strangers on a Train. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, the actress Sarah Michelle Nobody was Gell. reading Throw Mama from a Train? Owen! <laughs> no, but <laughs> someone comes in pip. Had someone get smacked up the head with a skillet in the background. <laughs> so you had to really uh, look for it. I was watching this with Josh, and I mentioned Throw Mama from a Train, and he was thinking, stop or my mom will shoot. That was a really funny conversation. <laughs> and we were crying, our wires crossed. <laughs> uh, Mich- Sarah Michelle Geller, who played the headmaster, was in Cruel Intentions, a modern-day take on Stephen Freer's Dangerous Liaisons. And on top of that, Maya Hawke's mother, Uma Thurman, starred in Dangerous Liaisons. So I guess I did know that her mom was Uma Thurman. The interesting thing about this is that they had Sarah Michelle Geller as their like, ta-da. Uh, well, they're not. They, they're not. Well, they were. She was her their first choice. They didn't oh. know she would say yes. Oh. Is the point? Uh, she was like the dream casting for the headmaster, and they changed the headmaster character when she said yes to account for the fact she was playing her. Nice. Oh, it'd be really cool to have her, but she would never say yes. So let's just write it like we're writing it. Oh, crap. She said yes. That's funny. Uh, if you look, a school's parking space sign says Horowitz as a nod to share Horowitz from Clueless. Oh, I yeah. missed that one. Yeah. Uh, the movie pays homage to other classic teen revenge movies such as Jawbreaker, Cruel Intentions, Heathers, Mean Girls, John Tucker Must Die, Ten Things I Hate About You, and Clueless, to name a few. Uh, the Do, Re- Do Revenge soundtrack even features many iconic songs that come from these movies. Yeah, it's a whole big heap and helping of 90s and references that some of these people probably shouldn't have gotten, but <laughs> movie. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, you would be really surprised, dude. Having worked <laughs> in high schools, they are more savvy about uh, 80s and 90s culture than uh, we were about culture before our time. Uh-huh. Well, I've always loved shit from the 40s and 50s and 60s, so that's not true about me but that, yeah i do 70s, know what you're saying. 80s, i definitely know what you're saying 90s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah when when like the average high school student knows the outfield and uh toto 
right? And yeah, well, I mean, a lot of that stuff they know from TikTok, but you know, uh, some of them do watch the movies. Like you know, I, I know some like my niece loves uh, Breakfast Club. And I think some of it is like we do this show as nostalgia. We just won't let the stuff from our youth, our childhood, die. Hmm. I mean, I love it. I don't. I don't mind the fact that that's yeah. what's happening. But that's what's happening. Well, that it's was, like a, a, that was needlessly depressing. It's true though. Like how many Star Wars, Ghostbusters, everything else? Like it's still around. It's not that we're crowding new stuff out, but like the stuff that was cool when we were young is still familiar to uh, the current generation because we won't let it fade into the background like uh, other generations have. Well, when you got some stuff that's good, you know, it's, you want to trumpet it, you know? Well, I did notice that the 60s station disappeared from XM. Yeah, you mentioned that. That's kind of depressing. Right. So out of the gates, first thing I want to ask about this movie, who eats a cupcake with their fingertips? Did you notice that first, the first, the it, two people girls? People that are careful about their makeup. Okay. Yeah, that, that's my only answer that's, for that. That's, that one girl who was like, had the cupcake in one hand and she was like pulling off little pieces of it and eating it yeah. that way. Yeah, because huh. like she probably didn't want to mess up her lipstick. Yeah, and I was getting clueless vibes at the very beginning of this. Like, yeah, this, for sure. these people really don't exist, type of thing. Mm-hmm. I got so. clueless all day long, and I did not get cruel intentions much. It was primarily clueless, minus Sarah Michelle Geller in the very last shot. Well, I'll give them that. I I got clueless vibes, except for the fact that I kind of like the people from Clueless, the characters. <laughs> uh, you did. <laughs> Inclu- no, and compared to this, in Clueless, you're like, oh, look, they're kind of dumb and stupid, you know, they're clueless, they're blah, 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 but they're this, this, these, I didn't like, by the end of the movie, there was supposed to be the the victory, you know, the two driving off in the car together, and I was like, eh, you're still terrible, but you still committed a felony by poisoning the entire school. Yeah, you know, it feels feels like a shallow victory. Yeah, and you got no punishment for that. Yeah, that was kind of a big step in the movie. I'm like, wait, are they really going to poison everyone? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, you could have just shown them that they were growing the weed and the and the shrooms in there. You put shrooms. Right. I actually, I actually looked it up. Like, what level felony would that be if you put psycho psychoactive drugs into food that was going to be served to the public? Oh, that, that's, it's, you can actually look it up because there's a true story that happened a couple months ago. This couple was getting married, and she thought it would be funny to spike half the food with with weed, and like, oh my you know, God. These people, yeah, and like they got they ended up getting arrested. Because people, you know, pe- these old people and other people just you know, randomly were like, you know, what's going on? Why do I feel so funny? Call 911. So, yeah, it's, n- it's not something that you can just gloss over. The I would say the first uh, third of this movie, I was like, okay, so this is basically Mean Girls, but updated. And more and, stylized. Lot and more, more stylized. stylized. But you've got them, like, weaponizing social media, weaponizing identity issues. Uh, people who are being fake woke for status, et cetera. So and use, using the gossip mill, you know, for, for evil going right. out and getting the worst looking grilled cheeses I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> yeah. That offended me on a personal level. <laughs> I knew you were going to, that's why I wrote it down. And I'm like, <laughs> and that's going to hate these. I was like, uh, what is that? That is if I could finish like my a, sentence. It's like more like a Cubano. Okay. Well, he brought up the grilled cheese. Damn it. Sorry. I, about I got you. <laughs> But you get to like a third of the way into the movie and that's where you get the uh, cruel intentions where there's the turnaround where it's like he wasn't the target all along. It was you. Mm -hmm. And I actually have in my notes 
right after what the hell was that tie that he was wearing? Huh? Uh, I'm anticipating the new girl being the secret psycho. Ooh, oh, I play that so game. You called it. Yeah. That's and interesting. That was, that was like right after the grilled cheese. And like, I, I don't know. I just got the weird feeling that this is all because have you guys she seen that yeah. yeah, she was a twist? Yeah. Have you guys seen strangers on a train? The, yeah. Elements. The original Alfred Hitchcock. No, yeah. I'm not. Oh, you need to, you really need to. I've heard good things. Obviously it's a Hitchcock. Hitch, Hitchcock. It's a Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Movie. <laughs> it's a Hitchcock movie. It's Hitchcock. Oh, <laughs> all eyes on me. And then some ah. other things I had an issue with, like nobody knows that, you know, we're in the bathroom talking to each other. Nobody knows that we know each other. You can take care of my revenge. I'll take care of your revenge. Let's go shopping in public. Right. Let's let's go to the and mall it, together. And and all get they them did was tie themselves to each other for the rest of the movie. I mean, considering how self-absorbed high school students are, that did not bother me in the slightest. Yeah, that's I mean, it's easy to explain. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to remember the line from. Uh... Throw mama from the train that you do mine, I do yours. Crisscross, was that what's it? That was, yeah, from no, that's from yeah, crisscross. I'll take care of yours, you take care of mine. Crisscross, yeah, because Danny DeVito and uh, Billy Crystal are saying that, and Danny DeVito keeps repeating it. Crisscross, crisscross, anyway, yeah, lizard in a robe and a hair tie was oh my god, I love the iguanas. (laughs) Oh, well, not an iguana, that was a beardy, it was a bearded dragon, yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. I, w- I guess I wasn't paying close attention. Was yeah. it award win- Is Olivia uh, Oscar Coleman? Award uh, Academy Award winner Olivia Coleman? Yeah, <laughs> with the full name. Yeah, which was brilliant <laughs> in my opinion. Also, do people that are on shrooms act like that, or is it just yes, like yes and random? no? I mean, I mean, yeah. First of all, yeah, puking is very common on shrooms. I was going to um, say the guy of- under the table screaming about the spiders. That sounded yeah, yeah. That was that sounded that, good. That, that's not that's not an if especially if you get like a lot of shrooms, if like he had eaten, you know, somebody else's bowl as well as his, I mean you can start hallucinating for sure. Okay. But yeah, the I mean it's it's otherwise it's you know, if you don't have a whole lot of them, it's like being extremely high on weed. Okay. It's like a really clear you know, it's like like I remember a couple of times when I've been on shrooms, it, it it's like like I you feel like you're looking at life in high definition. <laughs> you wanna right. get high? Don't like know I, if I want specifically that. remember one thought. I was walking around my neighborhood once, and I was looking at the trees, and I'm like, I feel like I can see every individual leaf. <laughs> this is really fascinating, and man. You realize you had your glasses on. <laughs> oh, so they so this whole this whole shena- all these shenanigans go on shenanigans. That's a light word for putting it. <laughs> Knocking people. I yeah, did shenanigans think, is another word for felonies. Yeah, right. I did think the whole. Um, them trying to save their reputations by saying that they're just have an open relationship was believable <laughs> of anything. It was some smart spin doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Spin doctor move. So, but then, you know, she goes, they, they make everyone trip balls on the shrooms to make the one girl get revenge on the bully from summer camp. Yeah. When, when literally all you have to do is just take somebody to the shed. It was right. so unnecessary to, to, but anyway, that all those other people like sick barf and puke and who knows whatever the hell looked like one guy got ran over by a golf cart in the background at one point. <laughs> it was, He's getting drugged behind it. I mean, oh, okay. I think they make a pretty good point that Drea is not a good person. Yeah. Well, they even point out all the people that got affected by her doing the mushroom thing too. in the near the end of the movie. Yeah. And by the end of it, her turnaround is her realizing like, I told myself all these things that I needed to be this way because I was poor, 
but I've really just been a toxic bitch. Yeah. And, and I thought that that was like, that was one of the things that I found really clever about this film. I, I enjoyed the hell out of this. I, I found myself enjoying it um, and ended up having a good time. I don't know, honestly, that I would ever intentionally watch it again. I feel like anymore Netflix is kind of the, <laughs> the, the, the mark of mediocrity. You'd only like accidentally if, watch it again. Yeah. Like if I was just like, I trip and I fell and I accidentally hit play and it just kind of happened. Um, <laughs> that, that might be the reason I watch it a second time, but yeah, anymore or with if Netflix. If you woke up yeah, from a coma and it and was done. on, he wouldn't change the channel. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. He'd be like, Oh, dude, it's not, I remember not, this. It's not like when Pat and I were sick on the couch, we watched getting <laughs> even with dad five or six times in a row. <laughs> You know, just because neither one of us could, could get up and get to the remote. Yeah. Because after the second time, it's like, well, let's just keep going. All right. <laughs> and just, just watch it again and again and again. Some, some of the things that I enjoy in movies is when someone's doing something very simple, like copying all the data off of a phone onto a laptop. And while they're doing it, they have like five different windows open with all this random code scrolling through when I'm like, I can literally get everything off my phone just by plugging it in and clicking yes mm-hmm. you know i always that's especially that's, since this movie is set in well actually that's one of the things i kind of liked about this movie i think they were p- specifically trying to make it like to not tie it down to a particular era because like they were using music from other eras like the people were dressed in non-standard ways a lot of the time the fashion was kind of progressive but yeah. also retro not like, like their phones were not like advanced smartphones all the time. You know, some of them just had flip phones and stuff. So okay, that yeah, I didn't notice that. That's pretty cool. I was gonna say it's not yeah. like Pinocchio where they were doing the Chris Pine jokes. Ugh, yeah, yeah. Um, another thing, <laughs> trope of a movie. Somebody says, "I told so and so what you did," and Last they immediately pick, yeah, <laughs> when they immediately pick up the phone. Oh my God, so and so told you that I did blah 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 blah. It totally didn't happen that way. What? I've never spoken to that person. Like, if you're in a situation where all this blackmailing and all this backstabbing is going on and somebody says, I told XYZ about what you did, wouldn't you step into that conversation a little bit more cautiously? It wasn't me. Yeah, that's true. You got to learn how to do your due diligence. Yeah. Before you Probably go off the handle. <laughs> Hanging on the bathroom floor. <clears throat> wasn't me. <laughs> also, that party... The the what is it the Ivy League acceptance party at the end? That is a terrible place to put the MC for bare knuckle fighting, like right in the middle of the arena. But hitting the referee would have been against the rules. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I watched this. This was the movie that I watched. I mean, I think it was better than if we would have, you know, watched Cruel Intentions, the pilot to the TV series that never happened. I think this was definitely more entertaining than that would have been. Um, I, I'm glad I watched this. I, I don't know what you guys are all about. Like, I, I might not see it again, but like, I loved the movies that this paid homage to. Uh, I like both of the leads in this as actresses. I, I will say the script was much better written than Cruel Intentions. Like I said, I had fun with it. I just... I, I couldn't I couldn't tell if if the the actor playing Max was uh was so good. Which was why I hated Max, or if he was so bad, which was why I hated Max. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't know if like these reasons I hate this guy are actor choices, or if it's just that he's just not a good actor. You know what I mean? 
I th- I think it was that he was just really good at playing an asshole. I think I think that's what it was. Really, I actually kind of I want to see this guy in another role. He was very smarmy, and I do like how they played it at the beginning. You're like, well, did he actually really do anything? I have that in my notes right before the grilled cheese. Did and do we know that he actually did it? Accidental feminist. You get to the point where you see his reaction and you're like, okay, if he didn't do this, his behavior is super sketch. And then his sister's like, look, I love my brother, but we all know he fucking leaked it. Right. Yeah. And by that point, you're like, okay. And I like the way they did that, too, because, I mean, it kind of confirms what everybody was thinking all along anyway. They didn't treat it like it was going to be some big twist. Right. Yeah, it was just a matter of everyone confirming it. Right. Twist. So, yeah. uh, Yeah, is there anything more to say about this or the first one in retrospect with this one? Anything? Yeah, I I just really kind of liked that even though in the middle of the movie they're trying to destroy each other, that I actually liked both Eleanor and uh, Drea to the point where I didn't know who I wanted to root for. Like, when it was looking like only one of them could come out on top, I was like, I'm not sure who I'm rooting for right now. Yeah. I mean, and the only reason that Eleanor got a little bit more sympathy from me is just because the Stranger Things connection. Well, also, like, what happened to her was fucked up. Yeah, but everybody has something fucked up in their past. That happened yeah, her. but they, she's what? got this. She's been living with this this whole time, and she gets the opportunity to, like, get her revenge on the person who did this. And maybe it would have gone different if she tells her story Andrea realizes, oh shit, she's not talking about this Carissa person. I did that to somebody. Like maybe yeah. everything goes different if that happens. But like Eleanor said, I knew you wouldn't know. Yeah. And she actually addressed that they had the question, well, what if I did say this? What if, what if, what if? You know, you didn't. The end. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't, and I knew you wouldn't. So all right. Was I wanted- <laughs> stop that? Do you want to do a thumbs up, thumbs down? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So Joel. Yes. Hi. Nothing messed up in my past. <laughs> Smooth sailing. <laughs> Hooey. What? One well-adjusted guy right here. <laughs> uh-huh. Thumbs up. Uh, so for me, um, for the original, I, despite my uh, thoughts that I was going to hate it, I have to give it a thumbs up. And for this one, I would also give it a thumbs up. Oh. For me, unsurprisingly, uh, like Joel, only more enthusiastic about both of them. Like, uh, guy uh, was really not looking forward to watching uh, the original again and was surprised by how much I liked it the second time around. And I I really, really enjoyed Do Revenge. Patrick? Uh, I'm going to go with the the not-that-often-seen thumb sideways for the original. We just saw one last week. No, I didn't give a thumb sideways. No, I did. Josh. But Josh did. My personal thumb sideways, sir. That was his first ever. This one is, you know, mine is like, this is like my, probably my seventh, I think. Anyway, thumb sideways for the original because I didn't like it enough to give it a thumbs up, but I didn't hate it enough to give it a thumbs down. So it was just something I watched. Ryan Phillippe sucking. Um, <laughs> and a thumbs up for the now. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's just, it was just a fun little rump. So Yeah. yeah. I... Yeah, thumbs down, thumbs up. But I like you said. I'm not. I'm not going to actively seek this one out and make it a weekend watch. 
So yeah, I'm probably never going to watch it again, but I enjoyed watching it for the one time. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm happy for you know glad for the recommendation. So thank you, Nikki. Yeah, thank you to Nikki in New Zealand. So if you have your thoughts about. Uh, any of the things we watched or any of the shows we have coming up, or maybe a show you listened to us do a while ago, uh, let us know. Give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep. And if you're looking for our back catalog of shows, you can find them all over the internet. It's like spray paint in an alley. We're on Blueberry or Pandora. We can give us a thumbs up, and you can also give us a review on Apple, Google, or Amazon Podcasts. And if you would like to, you can support the show through the Kofi link in the show notes and help us keep internet costs at bay. Joel. Did, did we ever decide or figure out, is it Kofi or coffee? Coffee. You keep saying Kofi. Do I? Yeah. Oh, well, have some coffee. coffee. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, yes. What? What do we got coming up? Oh, right. Uh, we're going to be talking about a hunk of hunk of burning Elvis, uh, Lord of the Rings and the Rings of Power, Quantum Leap, Call of the Wild, uh, and Octobu's coming up. So things are going to happen. Be prepared. Yeah. Octobu. Octobu. Oh, Octobu. <laughs> Octobu's coming to Rival Quinn. It is not eight boos. I don't know how many times we got to go over this. We only got a couple shows before we're doing Octobu, don't we? Yeah, yeah. we yeah. we better we better get on this because it's a tw- we have to do our next the first Octobu one next week. What? 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 No. It's yeah. It's the twenty seventh, which means it'll that that one will post on October second. Well, lately you've been doing them on Fridays, so we can yeah, get away with one more. Get a, get away with. One. Yeah, he's right. All if right. you want to do it on Friday, we can get away with one more. Yeah, I thought Joel had them all locked and loaded. I have I have a list. I just haven't sent it yet for your guys's perusal to see what you think. But get off your ass, man! Seriously. I'm sitting on my ass right now. I'll get off it when I'm done. Get, get on your ass, then. Or I'm get sitting on, on your thumb. Or put somebody on, on your ass or get on your ass. It's always a weird thing when I wasn't like hurrying up. My parents would say that. Stop sitting on your thumb. Come on. I was just, and then I was kind of like, that's something you can do. Right. Yeah. And then he started doing it. It was a whole new world. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week. <laughs> like... Joel does karaoke to Bronski beat. Is he having an asthma attack? What's happening? (laughs) Stop. Wow. Bronski beat humor. That is a niche I didn't realize we had here. I don't think this should be the running gag because I don't think anybody's going to get it. (laughs) Oh, man. You hear that guy's Bronski beat impression? It's fire. They're going to think we're trying to do Stuart singing. Stop it. <laughs> Stop. Look at me. Look what I can do. Look what I can do. <laughs> <laughs>